Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. Chapter 25 of Exodus brings in a major turn in the Old Testament economy. After giving Moses the Ten Commandments and the additional ordinances on Mount Sinai, God reveals the plan for the building of the tabernacle, God's dwelling place among man. This building occupies a central focus in the history of God's people in the Old Testament, but it also has tremendous significance and importance for us, God's New Testament people today. And Ron Kangas is with us. Well, Ron, we're back in Exodus. Maybe you would give us a brief summary, Ron, of where we left off in our life study of Exodus. We made quite a journey from chapter 1 through chapter 24. We saw how the children of Israel were in slavery in Egypt under Pharaoh. God prepared and called Moses to be the sent one to deliver them. There was the Passover, the Exodus, the crossing of the Red Sea. Then there was the experience with the bitter waters at Marah, the waters becoming sweet through the application of the crucified Christ in resurrection. Then we had Elam with the 12 springs and the 70 palm trees. We had the change of diet with the eating of manna, the war with Amalek, the establishment of the kingdom, and eventually God's people are brought to the mountain of God where we saw the day and night aspects of the giving of the law. This may be a new way of referring to it, but the day aspect means the positive function of the law as a revelation of God himself and of the giving of the law as actually the enactment of an engagement covenant between God and his people. The night side is the dark or threatening side that comes in because God's people do not know themselves and need the law to expose them and therefore to preserve them and keep them. We also saw that Moses went up to the very top of the mountain to be in the glorious presence of God, to behold the Lord, to be infused with the Lord, and we saw that we can be in various degrees of fellowship with the Lord. But we left off, to the best of my recollection, with Moses at the mountaintop in the glory, receiving the divine speaking. And now we will see he not only receives the law, and he not only receives an infusing of God's element, but now God opens his heart and shows us that the desire of his heart is to have a tabernacle, his dwelling place, with and through his redeemed people. Well, as we get into this second half of Exodus, the matter of the tabernacle, the messages, the speaking, are going to be centered very much around types and symbols in the building of the tabernacle. Let's briefly lay a foundation of the principles, even maybe the precedents that are involved in this kind of interpreting of the Bible. I think here a brief word will be more helpful than a detailed one. The Old Testament generally is a book of pictures. The New Testament generally 
is a book of definitions. Exodus, in particular, is a picture book. So the Passover with the lamb and the blood of the lamb, that's a vivid picture. And we're not being arbitrary when we look to the New Testament to find clear words of definition of that picture. So it is with baptism. So it is with the living water. So it is with manna. You've got pictures of manna in the book of Exodus and quite a detailed description. Then you have John 6 with a word of definition. So we are not using uh, our imagination without restraint. Actually, we are not inventing anything. We have no right to do this with the word of God. Rather, we are looking at the pictures in Exodus in light of the definitions in the New Testament. And we are reconsidering the definitions in the New Testament in light of the picture in Exodus. So in Exodus, we will have a picture of the tabernacle. Then in the New Testament, we will have an explicit reference to the Lord being the Word of God, tabernacling among us, etc. So this is our fundamental approach, to see the pictures in Exodus with the captions, we may say, in the New Testament. Those together give us a marvelous view of God's economy and with the tabernacle of God's building. Let's go to Witness Lee. You all know probably only one of the apostles, one of the New Testament writers, touched the tabernacle. That was Paul. Of course, in John's writing, the word tabernacle was used twice. The first time in John the Gospel, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That verb, dwelt, actually is a verbal form of tabernacle. So it could be and should be translated tabernacle among us. When Christ was in the flesh, he was God tabernacle, that means God dwelling place on this earth. In those 33 and a half years, God dwelt in this tabernacle, which was Jesus, the Nazarene. God was dwelling here in Jesus. So, when he was going to be crucified, he told the Jews, okay, you destroy this temple. I will raise it up in three days. That puzzled the Jewish people. Yet the Lord Jesus' word covered boots, covered that temple made by human and also his own body. You tear this temple down. That means you put my body on the cross, I'll raise it up in three days. But after resurrection, this tabernacle was enlarged. It was enlarged, enlarged into what? Into the church. So the church today, after Christ's resurrection, is this tabernacle. And this tabernacle, you know what? Will have a consummation. The consummate tabernacle of God will be what? In New Jerusalem. Behold, the tabernacle of God. The New Jerusalem will be the consummate dwelling place of God. That is the enlargement of the church. And the church is the enlargement of Christ. 
if we don't have any experience of Christ, Christ has no way to be enlarged. Christ has no way to get his body. And there will be no way to have the tabernacle as the enlargement of the ark. You know the ark was made with what? With acacia wood overlaid with gold. You know the tabernacle was made also with this kind of board. Made of acacia wood, overlaid with gold. You see, they are exactly the same. And this indicates what? This indicates that the tabernacle is the enlargement of the ark. That means the church is the enlargement of Christ. Well, Ron, there were a number of things introduced in this section on the tabernacle, but let's go... I think right to the point that he made at the very end of his speaking here. The tabernacle as the type of the church represents the enlargement of Christ. What does it mean that Christ is being enlarged? This, admittedly, is a very striking and unusual expression. And we use it uh, with deliberation and with care. And we feel it's our responsibility to do what we can through fellowship, to make our meaning clear. Christ is God, and God in himself is perfect and complete, and there's no way he can increase or decrease or be enlarged. So we're not saying anything about the Godhead as the Godhead. Nevertheless, we use this expression that the church, portrayed by the tabernacle, is the enlargement of Christ. This is not arbitrary. In John 3, John the Baptist, referring to Christ as the bridegroom, says, he must increase. And in Colossians 2.19, Paul speaks of the body of Christ growing with the growth of God. We are talking about Christ in God's economy and about God's expression increasing and enlarging from an individual Christ to the corporate Christ, the body Christ, which is Christ the head with all his believers as the members of the body. So Christ is enlarging in the sense that as people believe into him and are joined to him, And as he lives in them and grows in them, he is increasing, not in himself, but in us, God's people. Related to this is the fact in the divine revelation that Christ is the firstborn Son of God, as well as the only begotten Son of God in the Godhead. And as the firstborn Son, he has many brothers who are being conformed to his image. This is another way of speaking of Christ being enlarged. We are not saying that Christ in the Godhead, or God as God, in any way can be enlarged. We are talking about Christ as the expression of God the Great. This expression was first with Christ himself personally and singly. So that's the Christ who is the Ark. But the Ark made of acacia wood overlaid with gold, has been enlarged to be the tabernacle 
consisting of boards overlaid with gold, indicating that in his economy, God is enlarging Christ in the sense of imparting Christ as the Spirit into so many of the believers to make them the enlarged corporate Christ as the corporate expression of God in Christ. This is a divine revelation, and it's not in the natural human mind to think this way at all. Eventually, we need to restudy and reread the New Testament to see something utterly divine in the Word, first in the picture in Exodus, and then to reassess this picture in light of especially the revelation given to Paul concerning the body of Christ. Well, right now, we have to take ourselves back to Exodus chapter 25, a couple of details that hold much light for us. Let's go back to Witness Lee. The materials are the basic elements for the building of the tabernacle and the building of today's church. All the materials are tabs of different aspects of Christ. All these materials are a heave offering. Sorry, King James Version and many other versions, they miss the word heave. They say just offerings. We have to know in the Old Testament what was an offering. An offering was something created by God, prepared by God, yet gained by you, possessed by you, and enjoyed by you. And that something must become your experience. Suppose you offer a lamb to God. The lamb was created by God. The lamb was prepared by God. But you have to get it. You have to gain it. You cannot steal the lamb and offer it to God. You must get it. You must possess it. You must have the ownership. And you must have enjoyed it experience it. This is an offering. All the materials were prepared by God. But you have to gain. You have to possess. You have to enjoy. You have to experience. Or to become something belonging to you. Through your experience, then you have the position, you have the full right to offer to God. And here it is a heave offering. I think you all know the word heave. What does it mean? Lift up. Lift up. A heave offering in the Old Testament always goes with a weave offering. If you have weave offering, you must have heave offering. You have heave offering, you must have weave offering. Heave offering referred to Christ in ascension. This is the uplifted Christ in heaven. The experience of the very Christ in heaven. And with offering typifies Christ in resurrection. Christ is the active one. He's the powerful one. If you bury him in the tomb, he moves. And death cannot retain him. He is the wave offering. Christ in resurrection. What does this mean? This means all the materials are the things you have experienced. 
You have experience in resurrection. You have experience ascension. All these materials are offered to God with the resurrection character and in the heavenly position. This indicates the church is built with materials full of resurrection character. And they all are positionally heavenly. This is why we cannot stretch our hand to touch the church by organizing it. Organizing is altogether natural. Nothing in resurrection. Nothing in the heavens. Nothing heaved. But every bit of the material that is for the building of the church must be in resurrection, in the heavenlies, must be full of the resurrected character. Ron, we want to spend a good deal of time on the significance of the materials that God specified for the tabernacle. Exodus 25.2 tells us that these materials were to be offered by the children of Israel as a heave offering to Jehovah for the building of the tabernacle. Probably, Ron, many of our listeners are not that familiar with the offerings of the Old Testament. Maybe with the exception of the sin offering, most people realize that Christ, as the Lamb of God, is our sin offering. But what about these lesser-known offerings that Witness Lee just referred to, such as the wave offering and the heave offering particularly? All of the offerings in the Old Testament of various kinds are pictures or types of Christ, who is the unique, consummate, all-inclusive offering, the reality of the offerings. So you mentioned the sin offering. The Bible speaks of the trespass offering. Christ bore our sins in his body. The Bible speaks of the peace offering, where Christ died to make peace, and now he is our peace. The Bible speaks of the burnt offering, which was burned completely for God's satisfaction, and that signifies Christ as the one who is absolutely for God. Well, in this final section, we're going to look at the materials that were specified for the tabernacle. There were 12 listed. These 12 fall into three categories. There are mineral elements, such as the gold, silver, and copper. Then plant materials, such as the spices, the oil, the acacia wood. And finally, material from the animal category, such as the porpoise skins, the ram skins, and the goat hair. Here's Witness Lee. All these materials are of three natures. The number one nature is the nature of mineral. And the number two is the nature of the plants. And number three is the nature of the animals. You have to realize in the Bible, the animal life in God's eyes is for redemption. Before man got fallen, without sin, there was no need of redemption. The animal life, that is blood-shedding life, signifies a life that redeems you. Then the plant life in the Bible is a generating, producing life. So, before man got fall, without sin, there was only the need of the generating food, not the redeeming food. Only plants were needed for man's food. But after man got fallen, animals became needed. See, firstly, man needed 
the generating life, the plant life for generation, for production. Then sin came in, there was the need of redemption. Then what mineral? Mineral in the whole Bible is for building. For building. Secondary for fighting. Of course, fighting is also for building. Minerals are for building. Do you realize that Christ's life today is firstly redeeming, secondly generating, thirdly building. The goal is for building. We need the redeeming life. We need Christ's redemption. And we need the generating life. Christ's generation. Then we will reach at God's building. So you have mineral material here. Then you have the plants. Then you have the animals. The redeeming life is for generating life. And the generating life is for building. God's goal is for building. They may build for me a century. Well, Ron, without getting too deep into the specifics of the various materials mentioned here in Exodus 25, let's talk about the general categories or natures. What do these represent? The animal life is for redemption. Then the plant life is for generating life. That's related to our regeneration. And the minerals are related to the building life of Christ. We were redeemed through the Christ portrayed by the animal life so that we could be regenerated through the Christ portrayed by the plant life, the generating life. But the goal is the building. And the building materials, to a large extent, involve minerals. And in the New Jerusalem, it's all the minerals. The point essentially is this. We need to know Christ, and we need to experience Christ as life in three particular aspects. We need to know his redeeming life, signified by the animal life. We need to know his generating life, signified by the plant life. And especially... In the upcoming messages, we need to know his building life. Paul made it very clear in 1 Corinthians 3 that we have to build with gold, silver, and precious stones. However, we may in actuality and practicality build with wood, grass, and stubble, things that are not suitable for God's building. There are, in fact, vast numbers of believers that know a little bit of Christ's redeeming life and a little bit of his generating life, but virtually nothing of his building life because of the lack of the vision of the tabernacle. So we need to see the vision of God's building. We need to see this building requires the building life signified by the minerals, but that life is dependent in our experience upon the generating life signified by the plants, and that in our experience is dependent upon the redeeming life signified by the animals. So we're redeemed, we're regenerated, and now we're experiencing Christ as the building materials for God's dwelling place. 
Ron, let me ask you a subjective question. If we were to spend, oh, say, the next 100 programs devoted to seeing the vision of God's building, do you think that'd be overkill? It might only be overkill due to our limited capacity and our immaturity and our lacking in depth. I'm speaking frankly here. But this is the goal of the whole universe. It's the goal of God's economy. It's the consummation of the Bible to have a building. It's why we have God's organic salvation. It's why we're redeemed. It's really why the Bible was written. It's why the universe was created. It's why God has gone through a process to become the Spirit. It's why we need to grow and be transformed and built up. We can approach this from angle after angle, and if we had a hundred messages, I would say we would have had a good introductory view of this. There's a hundred messages left in Exodus, and the second half of the book is almost exclusively devoted in one way or another to the tabernacle. I think our listeners are going to be marvelously surprised. These half hours go by so quickly. Thank you, Ron. You're welcome. Join us again soon. I expect to. Today for Ron Kangas, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs consist of excerpts from Witness Lee's spoken ministry, along with our discussion and comments, and all focusing on God's heart's desire that we would enjoy Christ as the divine life for man. There are more than 1,700 programs like this one available online free of charge that you can download, stream live, or add to your podcast subscription. Just visit our website, lsmradio.com. That's lsmradio.com. You can also reach us by email, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening today.